Hey friends, it's Cody Monkman here, and I am so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. Hey, this is a podcast where we don't preach. Our conversations open up more dialogue on Sunday's sermon, tackle current and local faith topics, and upcoming activities at First Christian Church in Clinton, Illinois. You can find this podcast on our website at www.clintonfcc.com or a link to each podcast on our church Facebook page. And again, hey, we are so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. And now, for your Monday Recap. Hey friends, welcome to episode four. Can you believe that? Four episodes? Is it four episodes? Four, buddy. We're in the fourth week of December. Fourth week, I believe. (laughs) you believe that? Welcome to episode four of the Monday Recap. Uh, this is Cody Muckman and Greg Taylor. Thanks for letting me sit in once again to um, Cody's Monday morning recap. Yeah. This is a, uh, a special recap because yes. we are wearing our Christmas sweaters. I am. I've got my Chicago Cubs. Let me rephrase that. The World Series champion Chicago Cubs Christmas oh, sweater. Don't go there. Where's your okay. Cardinal sweater, Cody? Um, you know, I don't have sweaters. I'm not a sweater guy. You're not? Um, like, is that just not cool? Is that a millennial thing? Yeah, okay. it really is. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, but I am wearing um, a sweatshirt mm-hmm. that I bought for $10 at, Wal- at your local Clinton Walmart. Wow. Um, it says, Dear Santa... What's it say? Define good. Define good. Sorry, I can't read upside yeah, down. Yeah. Define good, and it has minions on it. I love minions. You're a fan of the minions. I love you? minions. Didn't you used to have like a portable minion that you could put in? <laughs> I still have joke. I do. Right. I do. I have to break that bad it boy It stands out. like four feet tall. Yeah, I like it. Um, So yeah, anywho, welcome to episode four. We are really excited that you are listening. Um, You know, I have said every week so far that something that we really depend on in order to keep on doing this is building that audience. And so those who are listening to the podcast, uh, whenever we post that link on social media, one of the biggest things that you can do in in helping us out is sharing that link and telling your friends about the podcast. Um, right now, though, I'm really excited to uh, tell you that we have 206 downloads of the podcast. That's impressive, I think. We, you know? we broke the 200 mark. Way to go. So, on, on to 300. Yeah and, yeah, and the thing that I also learned for all of you that like math out there is that is 9% of the traffic on our, webs- on our church website. Wow. Nine percent. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, the next most popular thing is our homepage. Well, <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty good. That really well, is. Well, hey, um, let's kind of get to it. Yesterday, yeah. um, it was a winter wonderland. Oh my goodness! Um, and FCC Clinton still had church. Can yeah. you uh, tell well, everyone like what goes into deciding about still having church? You know, I really struggle on weekends like this, um, and I know that a lot of people don't understand it. Um, one member of our church has been particularly angry at me for a couple years now because we canceled um, two years ago the weekend that a you know a major winter blizzard was uh, predicted to hit and we ended up canceling and it didn't hit till uh, Sunday afternoon and it, it's really a stressful time for me because the last thing we want to have happen Cody is anyone get injured um, driving in yesterday, a lot of the country roads, the side roads, were still ice-covered. I think it was uh, about 2 degrees when church started at 8.15. 
But we made the decision we were going to go for it. We were going to have full programming. We were going to ask people that shouldn't travel in such weather not to. And I've got to tell you, I was pretty impressed. Many of our seniors stayed home and they did worship at their home, which I think was the wise thing to do. But I really feel like we're almost in a no-win situation. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, one thing that I was shocked was... The office told us this morning about 300 people yeah. gathered for worship. Yeah, and we had over 200, probably close to 240, 250 for the Bible School Christmas program. And there's people that traveled from all over central Illinois to be there. Now, the one thing that did make me laugh as I was driving in, I thought to myself, there's not going to be anybody at church today. And I was driving past Clinton High School about 5 till 7, and there was already 100 cars in the parking lot. There was a youth wrestling Are you meeting. serious? Oh and so gosh. I thought maybe wow. our strategy should have been that we're not having church, but we could have announced that we were having a youth <laughs> wrestling meeting. And we had a record attendance. Wow. That's crazy. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to be funny. Well, I know after church, the at least the front part of the parking lot, it was a little bit more slushy than ice. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. It actually ended up, uh, the sun came out, it was still bitterly cold, but I think the roads that had been treated with salt or the liquid salt, whatever they use, the ice started to break up, but you know, even this morning, a lot of your country roads are still just solid sheets of ice. Did you say salt liquid? I, I, I never, never, they call it. They call it a liquid salt. It's supposed to honestly be better for the environment. You're not aware of that. No, I'm not. We need to get an IDOT no. person in here. But I think it's called liquid salt. I, I may okay. be. Uh, I may be wrong. Right. But look, the next time you see one of those big orange trucks, a lot of times they're actually spreading liquid. And oh. I, I think that is that just a chestnut thing? No, it's not a chestnut thing. I wish it was a chestnut <laughs> thing. I wouldn't be walking my dog on the ice. Now okay. the chestnut thing is don't do anything. So, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, another thing that you mentioned, and this was mentioned in the announcement video, yep. was um, Karen Rice's yeah. departure and Adam Brucker's departure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tough week. What your, yeah, what are your Tough week. thoughts on that? Well, um, you know, Adam Brucker uh, came to Clinton FCC. He wasn't even graduated from college yet when he started his internship and spent 11 months doing an internship under uh, the tutelage of Ernie Harvey and was hired in May of 2007 and has been here ever since, coming up on uh, you know 10 years of full-time staff ministry, but uh, close to 11 years of being here. And, you know, Adam has really become one of my very best friends. Uh, he's kind of like the little brother that I never had. And on a personal level, i got to be honest, I'm deeply disappointed to see him go. Uh, I think our church is going to really face some challenges in ways most people don't even think. You know, the technology arena, he really is our guru. He really is the, the genius behind a, a lot of the technology that we've been able to tap into. All of that to say... I'm so excited for Adam and Trina. The church that they are going to be serving beginning uh, January 30 in the suburbs of Cincinnati is an incredible church. I know their worship minister very well. Benji Maurer was in my youth ministry at Mawikwa. Their preacher, uh, Trevor DeVage, was a student when I was doing some teaching over at Lincoln Christian at the time college. Now it's Lincoln Christian University. Trevor is, is a rock star in a lot of ways. And very, very excited for the Bruckers. But, man, I'm going to really miss them a lot. Yeah. I know you will as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but I want to talk a little bit about Karen yeah. also. Karen Rice came to our church um, in terms of staff. She'd been a part of our church for you know a lifetime, but uh, became part of our staff in, I think, the spring of 2008. And it was a time when I would say our office 
um, maybe wasn't fully functioning. There were some challenges, maybe not as efficient as you would hope that it would be, and that's no reflection on anyone in particular, but Karen has been just an incredible, stable force in the office, became the office manager um, not that long after, and I honestly don't know what we're going to do without her. We've hired an incredible replacement in Kim Rose, and I'm very, very confident in Kim, but Karen's one of those people, Cody, she might be as connected as anyone that I know in our church. Yeah. You could go in and you could ask her, just, you know, give, give me five names of people that could do a fellowship meal. She didn't even have to think about it. She just, it's a, it's a lifetime of building relationships. And um, uh, I, I know I'm going to miss her incredibly, and I know uh, the entire staff will. Now, I, I felt like when you were talking about Adam, you were kind of, in a joking sense, talking about how he's like your younger brother. Um, yeah, but he... Yeah. Is he, like, I've always kind of wondered, is he really? Because one thing I've noticed mm -hmm. is you kind of have a little bit of red facial hair, and he's got a, a big, full well, red beard. Hey, I am adopted. Oh, so who knows, buddy? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? All right, all right. All right, yeah. so... Uh, hey, one more thing. Yeah, we we yeah. are honoring them on Sunday morning, January 15 at 9.30. There's going to be a reception to honor the Bruckers and Karen Rice. And even if you're not an FCC or if you can be here, come out, thank them. Cody, it's rare for an associate minister to stay someplace almost 11 years. Uh, Karen, you know, this is a retirement job for her, and it's really not a job. It's been a ministry and I just I would love to see hundreds of people come out that day Absolutely. and celebrate them. I think two things that I'm thankful for: Karen Rice, and I picked up on this real real quickly when I started here full time. Is when someone comes in needing assistance, she never lets them go without praying oh, with them. Such a ministry and, heart. And, yeah, and and two with Adam, um, he has been such a great resource to me. Yeah. When I took on high school ministry from him, yeah. um, you know, I know there's many people with those kinds of dynamics and they don't work out well. Right. Um, it's worked out great right. between Adam and I. So I'm really yeah. thankful. Two for both two of them. team players who love this church and this church will greatly miss. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right. Yesterday, quotes of Christmas. Quotes of Christmas. Yep. Um, Bring us up to speed on where we've been and yep. what we discussed yesterday. Two weeks ago, we looked at the command, do not be afraid. Four different individuals or groups heard that. Last week, we were in John 1, that Jesus came full of grace and truth, and we talked about that balance between grace and truth. Yesterday, we looked at the, uh, the Mary narrative, her visit from the angel Gabriel, and kind of his parting shot to her was, nothing is impossible with God. And we talked about um, the greatness of Mary. You know, a lot of our, um, I, I think our, our Protestant heritage does not do justice to Mary. I don't think we should worship Mary. I don't think Mary was perfect. I don't believe that. But I think we have really undersold her greatness because she really was just this ordinary young, probably teenage girl that God used in extraordinary ways. And we haven't yeah. done justice to yeah. her. And that was actually, um, I put in my notes from yesterday's sermon that, as a quote that you gave, Mary was ordinary but used for extraordinary things. That just really stuck with me because I think when it comes to student ministry, uh, there's many things found in Scripture where students are just like, man, I, I can never have a life like that. Right. I can never be that person. Yeah. And 
there I mean the Bible is just a book of life and well, Mary really was just an ordinary girl yep. who wanted to serve God. You know, I think of some of my heroes of the faith today, and a lot of them are through my, my Bible college and seminary years, but I look at a guy like a Mike Bro. Um, Mike Bro is one of my absolute favorite preachers. You know, he went to Lincoln. His testimony is he went to Bible college because it's the only place he could go play basketball, you know? And today, probably one of the 20 greatest preachers in America. And, you know, he did not come from a pedigree of you know, fantastic, famous preachers, but God used him. I mean, he changed the world in Las Vegas. He changed the world in Lexington, Kentucky. He was on the, the staff at Willow Creek. Wow. Now he's out in, in Southern California. I mean, uh, and I could tell that story 20 times with 20 different names, how God has taken very ordinary people and used them in extraordinary ways. Now, you had five words to describe Mary. What yeah. were those five words Yeah, again? well, I, I think, um, and this really, I would say, kind of describes her heart and describes her passion, but she was someone who embraced this call with enthusiasm. She was someone that embraced what I would say is biblical humility. Cody, I think that is a lost, lost value in our world today. We live in the day and the age of American exceptionalism, and I love our country, and I love when people achieve, but, um, you know, I, I talked a little bit yesterday about the whole Exelon thing. And, yeah. you know, we, we're on the other side of history and we're saying, you know, Rauner and Madigan and all the people got together and everything worked out. But let's be honest, when we gathered, you were there for the prayer gathering in June, a lot of uh, despair, you know, a lot of people were despondent. And, you know, I, I think that as a church, we kind of humbly came before the Lord and said, God, we need you to act. We need you to fix this. And, and praise the Lord, you know, he did. You know, I give God the glory for that. How did Mary sacrifice? That's the third word you use. Well, Cody, you know, and you have not experienced this yet, but you probably will at some time. When you watch your wife gain all this weight during pregnancy and still try to work and still try to go through life and then go through labor, I mean, I've never felt more helpless than watching my wife go through labor, but yet we did it at a world-class hospital. We did it with world-class facilities. Mary rode a donkey. You know, I mean, she she gave birth in a in a, it wasn't in a, a hospital bed. No, it was a donkey. You know, and you think of that. Did Mary ever say, "I'm a 16 year old girl. I didn't sign up for this"? But we don't find that in the text. We find this humble spirit. We we find this person willing to to uh, to sacrifice. We find someone of courage. When you talk about Mary, courage is a word you have to bring up, Cody. Today, unfortunately. Um, Children born, you know, outside of marriage maybe isn't as big of a deal. Understand that Mary's life was forever, I'm going to use the word soiled in terms of reputation in the minds and the hearts of a lot of people because she's a teenager who's engaged, not married yet, mm -hmm. and is pregnant. And her story, oh, by the way, God is the father. A lot of people aren't buying it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame Joseph. But I think my favorite characteristic of her that we never get to when we preach this sermon or we teach this lesson is that her response following all of this is worship. And she gives us one of what's called the four Christmas songs recorded mm -hmm. in Scripture. And, and I love Mary's song in Luke chapter 1. Um, before we get to the songs, though, I want to yeah. get to that. But yeah. um, you mentioned just talking about how the Christmas story is not, it's so out of the box, I suppose, yeah. with how God used ordinary people yeah. for this extraordinary story that's going to bring redemption to the world. Yeah. And 
you challenged everyone to not put God in a box. That right. God really can do anything. And I think you used prayer as an example. Absolutely. On um, how sometimes we say we're praying, but you know, yeah. deep down do we really believe that God's answering our prayers, and we right. kind of put God's power right. um, in a box. My question for you, and this is a little personal, I understand yeah. if you... Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. may find this hard to answer, but have you ever put God in a box? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I find myself doing it all the time. Can you give us an example? Well, of- you know, you go to the hospital and someone says, I've got stage four cancer and I don't want to die. And will you pray that I'll be healed? And you pray, but you've been around stage four pancreatic cancer, you know? But I'll give you an example of where um, I really feel like God taught me an object lesson, our own Delmer Sandage, mm-hmm. who's an awesome guy was in the hospital, I, I can't remember if it was two or three years ago, but he had a pretty awful diagnosis. And I went in, I didn't really even want to make the hospital call. I didn't know Delmer very well at that time. I knew the diagnosis was incredibly bleak. I made the call because I love his father-in-law, Bob Cox, and he asked me to. And when I found Delmer, he was upbeat. He was positive. His words to me were, God's going to be glorified through this, but if he's not, I'm going to heaven. And I'm telling you, I prayed that prayer with a lot different enthusiasm than I probably would have if it wasn't for Delmer's mm. spirit himself. And you look at him today, and, you know, he's still battling cancer. There's no doubt about that. But the geniuses, the experts said he'd be long gone from this earth by now. And that was just kind of a lesson to me. Don't put God in a box, you know? That doesn't mean that every time you pray that someone is healed and, and they're not physically cured mm-hmm. from cancer, God is not great. I think sometimes God has other plans. Um, I'm not sure physical healing, when you get right down to it, is really that big of a deal for a Christian because the alternative is go to heaven and Mm -hmm. be with God the Father for all of eternity. But I think um, the the challenge that I had for our church is stop saying in your mind, God can't do that. First service, I I was a little long-winded because uh, we had a shorter worship set, and I talked about deism. I don't know if you've studied the history of our country or not, but many of our leaders were deists. They believed that God kind of started everything in place. Little clock. Yeah, wound the clock, and then he retired, and he's no longer relevant. And we've got to make sure that we don't fall into the lie of deism. Our God's an awesome God. God can do anything that he wants to. And I'll tell you something that's really on my heart. I know it's been a part of your heart, is... The poverty rate in Clinton, Illinois. You know, it's been generational poverty that we've seen for decades. Um, Do we just say that's the way it is? Or do we really believe that nothing is impossible with God? And can First Christian Church and the other churches and the people of this community rise up and say, not another generation? We want to change this. I I don't know. Well, here's here's a verse that I want to share um, with you that came to my mind as you were preaching yesterday. It's 2 Corinthians 12.10. And Paul writes here, uh, For Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And um, I had some conversations with students last week who were really struggling with various things. And, you know, it's through our struggles that, you know, God can be glorified. Yeah. And, and through Mary's hardships and that whole situation with Joseph, um, great glory was brought to earth through it. That scripture that you just quoted, uh, many of the scholars believe that that was the Apostle Paul's philosophy of ministry. Mm. When I am weak, then I am strong. And again, it goes so against our culture today. You know, we don't tell our kids growing up, ah, just be weak, be submissive. You know, we tell them to 
get great grades and achieve and be the best you can be. And those are good lessons, but I think spiritually speaking, we're our best when we truly say to God, I can't do it. I need you to lead. Now, um, let's gonna let's go ahead and hit on some of the songs yeah, of yeah. the of Christmas. Um, I believe there's four. There are. There are four um, songs. Can you kind of expound on that a little bit? Yeah, the, um, the the songs are all recorded by the gospel writer Luke in the birth narrative. Uh, you've got Mary's song. It's called the Magnificent, and the theme would be God's exaltation of the lowly and the humiliation of the mighty Zechariah, who was the father of John the Baptist, and uh, Jacob Vangen preached a little bit on that three weeks ago, and how he uh, wasn't able to speak following his encounter with the angel when he finally was able to. His song is uh, the Benedictus, and it talks about God's salvation through the, the Messiah, the Davidic Messiah prepared for by John the Baptist. You've got the angels in Luke chapter 2, Gloria in Excelsis, and we know that hymn that, that we sing. And the theme, of course, is glory to God, peace to the recipients of grace. And then Simeon. Do you remember Simeon, mm -hmm. Cody, from the birth narrative? From the temple. Yes, yeah, he, he lived his whole life in anticipation of seeing the Messiah, and he was able to finally hold the baby Jesus. You remember what he said? Very godly man. Now dismiss your servant in peace. But it's the, the Demetus, God's salvation as the glory of Israel and a light to the Gentiles. Now, I knew that we were going to talk about, or I wanted yeah. to talk about this in, yeah. in the podcast. And so I read all four. Um, yep. And there are four words that come to my mind uh -huh. um, when, I, when I read them. Because I, I wanted to know, okay, I was asking myself, what is the difference between each of them? Yeah. And when I read Zechariah... Uh -huh. I saw a theme of faith. Yep. Great faith. Yep. I read the uh, the angel song. Uh huh. Theme of peace. Yep. Mary's song. Theme of trust. Having to trust yeah. the Lord. Yep. Um, and then uh, Simeon's song. A theme of hope. Yep. Yep. Um, and so obviously. Um, I'll let the listeners reread those yeah. songs. Yeah. And, They're all in Luke and, chapters and, one and two. Yep. And see how maybe I would have pulled those themes out. And I would tell you that would make a great sermon series. It really would. Thank you know, and you, Christmas. Well, and you can take each of those and find Old Testament prophecies oh, about yeah. the Messiah that line up with each of those themes. Hey, give us, a, give us a definition of prophecy. The, the, the idea that 700 years earlier, you know, a guy like an Isaiah said, you know, for unto us a child is born, and then 700 years later, Jesus is born. Mm -hmm. The words of Isaiah um, were proved to be true through the birth of Jesus. So, you know, in Micah chapter 5, it talks about how this Savior will be our peace. Well, Matthew, when he is writing his gospel account, he is showing how Jesus through his life and his birth and, and ultimately his death, fulfilled these words of the prophet Micah 600, 700 years earlier. Do you have any idea how many prophecy were fulfilled through Jesus? Many. I don't, I don't have an exact number. I feel number, like I've heard somewhere but, uh, around 300. There, there's a whole bunch. And Matthew, more so than any of the other gospel writers, he, Matthew is attempting with his gospel to quote-unquote prove that Jesus is the Christ. 
that Jesus wasn't just a rabbi, he wasn't just a teacher, he wasn't just a guy that had some cool fables or parables, but that he was actually the Messiah. And the way he is proving that is by saying, Isaiah said this, fulfilled in Jesus. Micah said this, fulfilled in Jesus. Read through the Gospel of Matthew sometime, all 28 chapters, and just circle or, or make a note mm. of the number of times that he throws out, this is from the Old Testament, this is from the Old Testament. He's doing it to prove that Jesus is the Christ. One of my favorite uh, prophecy comes from Isaiah about mm -hmm. the virgin birth. Yeah. And here's the thing we all need to remember, okay? Yeah. Prophets were ordinary people who Absolutely. were just willing to let the Lord use them. Yep. Can you imagine receiving the prophecy that the Messiah is coming through a virgin? Oh, I know. I know. I mean, come on. You would think yep. that you're nuts. Yep. Absolutely. So um, I kind of remind some people that, hey... I'm sure Isaiah thought he was going crazy when uh, yeah. that prophecy uh, was written. Yep. But, um, no doubt yeah. about it, buddy. And it came true. No so. doubt about it. All right. Well, hey, is there anything else with your sermon you'd like to hit on? Well, I just think the whole idea, um, I love that song that, that we sing this time of the year. Um, as we dream by the fire, we will conspire. I think let us, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm missing the, the, the messing up the song right now, but um, the whole idea of conspiring as we sit by the fire. Uh, my challenge for our congregation, my challenge for each listener is conspire in the very most kingdom kind of ways. Mm. You know, what would it look like if the the people of FCC, the people of faith in Clinton, Illinois, were so, so sold out that um, kingdom just kept uh, revolving through their thoughts and their minds and their hearts that we said, let, let's radically change our world for Christ. You know, Mary radically changed her world as a 16-year-old. You know, look at the people of Scripture that radically changed their world. Um, let's conspire in kingdom kind of ways. Yeah. Well, the last thing I kind of want to celebrate with everyone is second service was ended with a baptism. Yes! Makeup for show. Um, he got baptized. And he is a senior in high school. And he filled a pew. I don't know he if you did. saw that or not. Yeah. He had an entire pew of people. I got to meet all of his family afterwards. Grandmas, mom, aunts, yeah. cousins. It, it was great. He had family drive from Lake Fork, Illinois. Yeah. And uh, let's see, Waynesville. Yep. yep. Atlanta. Yep. Um, yep. With a sheet of ice on the roads. So talk yeah. about commitment. Well, and you know, Jacob, uh, I don't know him that well, but I had the opportunity to pray with him during service a week ago. And he said that, you know, he really felt like God was laying this on his heart, that he needed to do it. And I said, brother, don't wait. I had no idea it was going to be <laughs> yeah, next Sunday, yeah, you know. Yeah, and I just, yeah. I love seeing that faith. I love seeing that let's go for the yeah, spirit. It's refreshing, you know? for sure. Yep. yep. All right, well, hey, what's coming up this weekend? Huge weekend at FCC. Saturday night, Samuel Green and crew are going to have incredible Christmas Eve services, 5 p.m. and 7 p.m., you will not want to miss it. Cody, I think that this is an incredible worship experience for people who aren't followers of Jesus. A lot of people, the spiritual antenna is really elevated this time of the year. Who can you invite? Uh, I say this to the listener to come with you this Christmas Eve. And then we will be open on Christmas morning. I know there are churches that are shutting down on Christmas morning, but we will have a single service, 9.30 a.m., um, you will be on your way by 10.30, if not sooner, but we're going to celebrate Christmas on Christmas morning with a one-service Sunday, and it's going to be really cool. Can we so, come in our PJs? You come in your PJs, buddy. Right. Come in your PJs. Right. Good stuff. Well, hey, uh, that's it for episode four of the Monday Recap. 
Uh, I want to remind all of you that the, one of the best things that you can do is share the link that will be posted on our Facebook church Facebook page about this podcast with your friends and your family. Uh, let them know, share with them what's happening here at Clinton FCC and all the great things that God is doing. Um, it's a great social media is a great witness tool, and we hope that this podcast not only can keep you in on what's happening, also uh, expound on uh, Sunday sermon, um, but also um, letting you know what kind of events are, are coming our way and how you can be involved and be the hands and feet of Jesus uh, in Dewitt County uh, within your families at home and uh, abroad. So uh, share the link. Uh, This will be posted on our website at www.clintonfcc.com and also the First Christian Church in Clinton, Illinois Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in a couple of weeks.